Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. We are down to the final eight. Welcome to TC Live at the U.S. Open, presented by Evian. Make your mark in New York, and you are a made man. The words of Mark Twain. This city was born to breed excitement, and this year the masses come to the U.S. Open to see the greatest tennis tournament in the world. After a week celebrating old champions, it's all new in the city that bears that name. A lot to get to over the next two hours. We've got a major breakthrough for Big Foe, the biggest win of his career. Francis Tiafo roaring into week two as the only remaining American man. Plus, two American women also looking to do damage in the quarters with the potential of Coco Goff and Jesse Pagula facing off in the final. We visit with three-time U.S. Open champ Kim Kleisters, who joins us to explain her new role at one of the cathedrals of tennis. And we've got a repeat performer from 2021 who successfully returned to Ash Stadium. The details on a championship chug you don't want to miss coming up. Well, all the singles action on Arthur Ashe today. Casper Ruud still has a chance to reach world number one on Jabir, hoping to become the first African woman to reach a U.S. Open semifinal in the open era. And then Coco Goff and Nick Kyrgios headline the night session. TC Live, your two-hour pregame show every morning to get you ready for first ball. Steve Weissman back with the coaching legend. Legend. Paul Anacone. We, we've got That's the big. journalistic integrity of the world. John Wertheim. Yeah. And then we've got the Grand Slam champion, former world number six, Chanda Rubin. Good morning, everybody. Day nine, New York, U.S. Open. Uh, Chanda, Rafa losing his first major match of the year and big foe with the biggest win of his life. Uh, it was just fantastic. I was actually in the crowd um, the last set and a half or so, and it was amazing. The atmosphere, everybody behind Tiafo, and of course Nadal. I mean, he's always a fan favorite, but there was just something special about the moment, and it's almost like you could sense it if you were sitting in the stands. Francis Tiafo was so impressive. There were times where in the past he maybe didn't quite believe he could win this kind of battle. But down the stretch in this match, the forehand, the returns of serve, the court coverage, and his aggressive abilities up at the net, it was just impressive. It was a comprehensive effort. And the end, he kind of smothered the doll. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have big upsets like this, and we often play this sort of balancing act. How much was it the favorite sort of had, had sand in the gears, and how much of it was a great effort by the challenger? And I, I think you're right, Chad. I mean, the way Francis closed that out, I mean, a few days ago, he sort of said and it was very, you know, he did a very dignified way, but he said, you know, bring it on. I'm ready for Nadal. And he played like it. And I thought what was most impressive to me, it was Francis looked like a guy who's 10 years younger than the guy on the other side of the net, but the closeout was really what was most impressive for me. It was good stuff. Youngest American man to reach the quarterfinals at the U.S. Open since Andy Roddick, and that had everybody chiming in. How about this? LeBron James, Paul said, congrats, young king. And Francis was so geeked about this. He said, 
He wanted to seem a little cooler before he retweeted it, so he waited a few hours. Didn't do it right away, but he saw it instantly. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he did. Coco chiming in and Andy Roddick as well. Look, you don't beat someone like Rafa Nadal on that stage in New York City and not have the world notice. It's amazing, and it's just an incredible performance by Francis. Look, Rafa Nadal is one of the best we've ever seen at finding ways to figure out how to win. And after the second set, that was a gut check for Francis, and Francis responded so well. That was really impressive. Big foe with a massive win. As for Nadal, first loss at a major this year. Here's what he had to say. He played with the right determination. Yeah, congrats to him. Wish him all the very best. I need to go back. I need to fix uh, things, life, and then uh, I don't know when I'm going to when I'm gonna come back, I, I'm gonna try to be uh, ready mentally. Uh, when I feel that I, I will be ready to compete again, I will, I will be there. First time since 2000, the one and two seeds are out before the quarterfinals on the men's side at the U.S. Open. But Rafa can still get to number one in the world yet again. All he has to hope for, Paul, is that both Carlos Alcaraz and Kasparud don't make the final. If they do, we're going to have a new world number one. Yeah, it's exciting times, especially for the young guys, right? An opportunity to be somewhere that they've dreamed of, I want to say as kids, but they're basically <laughs> kids still, especially Carlos. And, and for Rafa, look, I'm sure he'd love to be number one, but after what he's done in his career, that is not a monumental moment for him. I'm sure he's treasuring the two majors that he's won this year. And these young guys, they are chomping at the bit. And for them, this is going to be a great battle. The last few days of this tournament, there's going to be so many nerves and so many new nerves with different contenders do not miss one second of the rest of this tournament we might get a new number one we'll have a new u.s open champ for the first time this year we'll have a non-big three player win a major and you sort of feel like you know we've all been talking about what's going to happen after the big three and this sort of you feel like it's almost like the, the planets are coming apart a little bit so it's not like serena where you you have this this one big occasion you sort of have this this breaking apart and it does feel like this is a bit of a transition tournament on the men's side as well as the women's it's exciting times and we sort of wondered after the first week where so much of the story was Serena Williams and you felt that energy you know what kind of stories would we have going into week two and we've seen these young players some of these young players rise up they seem like they are ready to take on the moment and to take their chances their opportunities and it, it's it's for me it's exciting uh, certainly Nadal has had a terrific year, maybe a little disappointment at the end with the absence of Federer and Djokovic that he wasn't able to go a little bit further. But he just got beat by a young player who was ready to take the mantle, so to speak. Still still a ways to go. But I think for, um, you know, for whoever's ready in this particular moment, there's some real opportunity. Alcaraz looks great. Francis has got a good win against Rublev, so we'll see. Yeah, we will see, and we will have much more on Big Foe's Big Takedown later on TC Live. We will hear more from Francis Tiafo. It's rainy conditions right now as the players are arriving, but guess what? We've got a couple of roofs. We've got a roof on Ash, we've got a roof on Armstrong. Play will be going down as scheduled. Our Evian Americans in action looking ahead to doubles play today, plus Prakash Worldwide going no limit with Mari Osaka. And the Hall of Famer Kim Kleisters, lovely as ever, joins us to talk about her new job in tennis. But first, the next generation taking over. We get you caught up on everything that went down yesterday. From Sinner and Alcaraz to Rublev, don't go anywhere.
Chanda, Paul, John, Steve, back on TC Live at the U.S. Open, presented by Evian. A reminder that the newly enhanced USOpenShop.org is the official shop for 2022 U.S. Open merchandise. Get U.S. Open gear for the entire family and check out a variety of one-of-a-kind U.S. Open accessories. Visit USOpenShop.org today. Let's start with the match everyone is still talking about. American Francis Tiafo taking on four-time U.S. Open champ Rafa Nadal. Paul Tiafo had never taken a set off Nadal, and Rafa hadn't lost a Grand Slam match all year. Well, things were going to change early. It was offensive power from Francis Tiafo. Look, we know he has incredible talent, and he has incredible weapons, but we've always seen a little bit of a hiccup now and again. At the end of the second set, we saw a hiccup, a couple of double faults, a couple of balls. One ball he let go that was in, but so impressive for Tiapo. After he did, after he lost that second, went nowhere. That shot gave him momentum back again in the third set, and kept that offensive mindset, kept the power going. Look at that shot. How often do you see Rafa Nadal basically caught flat-footed? In the third set, we thought Rafa was going to put on those clamps of pressure with strategy and with emotional intensity, and he did that. Look at this point, guys. How many great gets. I thought the building was going to fall down, and I thought that was going to catapult Nadal into a big victory. Look at the scoreline right here, gang. 3-1 in the third for Rafa Nadal. You figure he's in good shape? Not so much. Break a serve by Francis Tiafo, and he goes on a straight a streak that was incredible. From 3-1 in the fourth set, five straight games to win that match. Amazing stuff from Francis Tiafo into his first U.S. Open quarterfinal. The biggest win for an American since James Blake beat Rafa back in 2005. It was definitely one hell of a performance. I played played really well today. Um, yeah, I guess I mean, I just came out there and I just believed I can do it. Um, it helps that I played him a couple times. I haven't played him in some years. and um, I was different. I'm a different person now, a different player. And I went out there trying to get a dub, and that's what I did. He got that dub. Listen, Chanda, his parents were there. His brother was there. The, the whole family cheering him on. So Francis says now he believes he can beat anyone in the world. He can take this title. Do you believe he can do it? I think he definitely can. I think the biggest thing was for Francis to see that he could get through a guy that he has struggled with in the past. And you look at Nadal, an all-time great they, this type of player is a star creator. And this is how young players test themselves, test their beliefs, and, you know, raise the level of their play. And I think Francis was able to do that in the big moments. He's got a matchup against Rublev that is maybe a little more comfortable, although Rublev is playing some terrific tennis. You can't look past anybody. But it's really one match at a time at this stage. And when you look at the rest of the field left in the draw, why not? I mean, wouldn't it be incredible? I mean, I think the roof actually would. Blow off. <laughs> <laughs> He's got that bracelet, Chanda, that says, why not me? And that's what we're saying. Why not Francis? Paul, uh, sometimes we talk about the forehand may break down in the big moments. In this match, it looked like it actually got better at the end of the match. Well, it was amazing just to watch the weight of shot from Francis Tiafo and, and the court positioning, his ability to dominate and to stay close to the baseline. He was the one that was dictating play most of the match. Usually Rafa can switch things around and he'll find ways to create offense. He'll find ways to create discomfort. And, and Francis did not buckle at all. One of the interesting things to me was Francis only served 50% first serves. So you think Rafa's going to find a way to put more pressure on the second serve, but Fran Francis won 
60% of his second serve points. That's, that's to me, uh, unheard of. That tells you something about the ability from Tiafo to play from neutral and to do it over three to five sets against Rafa in that venue. That is a coming of age for Francis Tiafo. I also like what Francis said, that he, he's in this to win this tournament, and this was the match of his career. He knows that, but he also knows that now he's got to back it up, and there are only eight other, only seven other players remaining. I think Wayne Ferreira will help with that. Wayne Ferreira is a guy who's had big wins at majors and knows that you still got another match to play. Rublev next, as Chanda says, but you know who Francis beat last year in the U.S. Open? Maybe one of his best wins before beating Nadal? Rublev, so that's some confidence he can take with him. Also, note the celebration. No, no silencer, no, you know, flexing the guns. Yeah, it was right. just overcome with emotion. Yeah. All right, expected to be here. Now on to the quarterfinals. Who will Francis play in the quarterfinals? Well, he'll take on the winner of Andre Rublev and Cam Nori. John Rublev going for his fourth top ten win at the U.S. Open. He dominated. Strange one, John, huh? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it was a pick a match seven seed versus a nine seed, but Nori has been a tough out, and he just didn't really have it yesterday. Very solid from Rublev. We'll see some nice shot making here. Look at that. That's beforehand, but he broke Nori four times. This was going on simultaneous with Nadal, so maybe a little less energy than Nori would have liked, but this, this was not his best day at the office, and Rublev was just so solid. We see Nori coming in. Rublev breaks of serve in each set, four overall, and he wasn't necessarily sp spectacular, but he did what he needed to do. This is a guy, Nori, who's been a really tough out. That's a good win for Rublev. Likes playing in New York. Third quarterfinal at the U.S. Open. Fifth Grand Slam quarterfinal overall. Late night on Louis Armstrong. Chanda Yannick Sinner, Ilya Ivashka put on a five-set thriller. Yeah, initially it was Sinner who kind of ran away with the first set. Nice variety. They had the power from the ground, but Ivashka would not go away and struck back. But this was a nice move from Sinner. Fantastic drop volley. He won the majority of those points. He was moving forward, and that helped just get him over the line in some critical moments in this match. But down the stretch, Ivashka, again, he's showing some real belief and confidence. He's been getting more wins. Of, of late, and he needed every bit of it against center. But the movement there, the court coverage, and I think for center, just was a little cleaner. He hit the ball a little bigger. There were a lot of breaks of serve over the course of this match, but it was center who held when he needed to. Got the break down the stretch in the fifth and just outlast Ivashka. This was a battle back and forth, but center gets through in five. Joins Matteo Berrettini as the only Italians to reach the quarterfinals at all four majors. Youngest on tour since Novak Djokovic. Well, the last match on Ash Paul went past 2 a.m. We had Marin Cilic, the last U.S. Open champ remaining, and the teenager Carlos Alcaraz. Just watch this point, folks. This sums everything up. The defense from Alcaraz, and then blink of an eye, he's on offense. And then the veteran comes up with a great pass. You think the point's over? Look at that. This kid can play from every area on the court. Look at the smile on his face. Just loves to be in the environment. Played a good first set to win 6-4. But Marin Cilic, being the veteran that he is, didn't go anywhere. Some terrific serving for periods for Cilic. But that's not enough. Three out of five sets against Alcaraz. They battled on into the fifth. And it was Cilic who got uh, the early break. But look right here. How about the wheels? And that's where the roof 
started to fracture a little bit at the top of the stadium after all the yelling from Nadal and Foe and then that eruption and all of a sudden Alcaraz on a roll and he closes it out. Look at the clock folks. Ooh, that's Look how bad. many people are that's there at 223. Time. That's bad time. <laughs> that's bad time. Come on. 2.23 a.m. Wow. Fourth latest finish in tournament history. So we've got our final eight and a first time champ at the U.S. Open is guaranteed. No big three, no big deal. Some great matchups going down at the U.S. Open. It all starts today. Coming up next on TC Live, the women finish up the fourth round. So would we get two more Americans in the quarterfinals? Find out next. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Annika and Ruben, Wertheim Weissman, back on TC Live at the U.S. Open, presented by Avion. Our coverage begins every morning with this two-hour pregame show. 9 a.m. Eastern, ESPN carries the day session at noon Eastern and the night session at 7 p.m. Eastern. Women playing for spots in the final eight yesterday. Top-ranked American Jesse Pagula looking to get some revenge against Petra Kvitova from two years ago at the U.S. Open. Chanda, some rain delays early on in this one. Yeah, but uh, Jessie Pagula has been playing so clean. She's confident. She doesn't get phased when the match gets tight and situations are at hand. A bit of a up the break here in the second set. But the wheels, the movement from Pagula, again, so many areas of her game have just elevated. She would reel off consecutive games to get the lead back in the second set. And her play from the ground, especially the ability to change direction. That came into play. She was a little bit better behind serve and really took Kvitova out of first service games. Tremendous returning. That allowed Kukula to maintain the lead and get this done in two sets. Another delayed Essa Bagel to finish. Pagula, third major quarterfinal this year. She's balling. World number one, Iga Sviantek. She has been cruising thus far, while Yula Niemeyer, uh, she'd never won a tour-level hardcourt match entering the Open, Paul. This first set was a shocker. Oh, this was so impressive for Niemeyer to play this offensive. It really knocks Fiontek off the rails. She couldn't hit a ball in the ocean the first set. <laughs> but great players find ways back in. Beginning of the second set was huge. It's very important for Niemeyer to get out in front and keep the pressure on. But being Iga Fiontek, being the great player that she is, finds her way back into that second set and wins it. And then after that, things got back to the normal Iga Spiontek. Look, I'm so impressed with her ability to go from average play to good play in a match like this. In a situation where she was very uncomfortable for almost a set and a half, she stayed calm, she solved the problems, and then she did what she always does, which is hit big forehands and end up victorious. More carb-loading 19th bagel of the year for Iga Sviantek. Yazda, first U.S. Open quarterfinal. Ninth meeting between former world number ones, Karolina Pliskova, Victoria Azarenka. John, they had split the previous eight. A lot of symmetry here, apart from a uh, 4-4 record against each other. Two players been to the finals here, both north of age 30, both been to major finals in the last two years. Big opportunity for both of them. It was Pliskova early with just a, a flat 
typically check flat strokes from the baseline serve for well Vika not happy about that but Vika did a nice job fighting back again these two know each other well this is meeting them. Number nine, Steve, as you say, and this was a real battle going on. Vika trying to psych herself up. She had played really well in week one, trying to get to her fourth U.S. Open final, wins the second set. And then we've seen this a lot, haven't we? Sort of anecdotally, player A wins the, uh, the second to last set, and then player B gets the momentum back. And we have another example of that as Pliskova came storming back in the third and ended up closing this out fairly handily on a fifth match point in to fifth U.S. Open quarterfinal. And fifth quarterfinal since 2016. She's been playing really well. Uh, would face either Danielle Collins or Arena Sabalenka. Chanda, this was all Danimal for about a set and a half. Yeah, this was a battle. That first set was really important. Danielle Collins able to get that under her belt. Steve, I was just there for the stairs, the fist pumps, and the come-ons. And this match had all of the intensity that you could want and handle but this time in the second set around that three two three all point this was where sabalinka really turned the tide she stayed firm she stayed with it she had a lot of winners in collins all tournament with the winners 34 in this match but sabalinka would have 38 winners just 28 unforced errors it was a very clean performance down the stretch from her she looked solid the double fault she kept that down actually had fewer than her opponent and in the end this was a hard fought tough win for arena sabalinka she's been broken 13 times in the tournament but broken her opponent 23 sabalinka survives to reach the final eight and here we have it, our quarterfinals on the women's side. Sviantek Pagula, both into their third major quarterfinal this year. If Jesse makes the semis, she'll be playing the same night as the Buffalo Bills opener against the Rams. But she's cool with that because, you know, it's a U.S. Open semifinal for her. Uh, let's break down the two quarterfinals we have today, starting with Coco Goff and Caroline Garcia. Chanda, uh, Coco leads the head-to-head, -head, including a win earlier this year. But that was before Garcia won like 3,000 matches in a row. What, what do you expect to see? 3,000 matches, three tournaments, different surfaces. <laughs> She's been balling, as you would like to say, Steve. Uh, it's been impressive to watch Carolyn Garcia and to continue that on one of the biggest stages. That's always been the question. Can she handle the pressure, Garcia? Can she close and get it done? And she's been doing it. I think this will be a very different matchup um, than it has been previously for Coco Golf. But golf has been so impressive. You know, the tennis has been phenomenal, but it's really the mindset, the mental toughness, her willingness to go after every point. Golf is using the crowd to her advantage. She's not buckling under the weight of that. And all of that, I think, makes, I think, golf primed for maybe taking this moment. But it's going to be a tough one. I think, you know, Garcia is going to have some chances. But I think golf, her movement and that mental fortitude, that may get her over the finish line. Garcia had a big doubles match yesterday. Coco, remember, a number one ranked player in the world in doubles heading into this event, but she lost early in doubles. I think this is a real opportunity for Coco. She's playing a player. She won 30 matches Garcia has since June 1st. So she's got an opponent who's coming in with some momentum. A bit of a pick-up match, but I, I think Coco ought to be okay here. And I think the fact that she's playing a quality opponent, I think, actually helps her. This is not going to be you – know, she, she's not playing the number one player in the world, but she's also not playing a match the day after Labor Day she's expected to win. I think Coco's got a real chance here to get to the semis.
Yeah, and one of the things you look at here in the final eight of a major is who's going to manage the pressure the best. And for Coco Golf, we've seen her do such a good job with it. And I always look at the styles of play. The more the pressure is on, uh, the smaller the targets get. And then when you play someone that defends incredibly well like Coco Golf, Garcia's confidence, which is through the roof right now, has to stay there because it can be very difficult to just hit Coco off the court. I think Coco's handled the situation so well in New York. Uh, the bonus for, for Garcia is her strength, which is hitting the ball flat and offensive. If she can get to the golf forehand, she can create some opportunity. But Coco's been so good at finding ways around adversity throughout this tournament. Give a slight edge to Coco Golf. She would be the youngest American woman to reach the semifinals at the U.S. Open since Serena Williams back in 1999. All coming full circle. On the men's side, Nick Kyrgios is now your betting favorite to win the tournament. He's taking on Corinne Hatchinoff, Paul. Our Wilson beautiful power brought to you by the all-new Ultra V4. How could that beautiful power of the Russian cause some problems for Nick Kyrgios? Well, I'll tell you what, for Hatchinoff with his Wilson racket and his beautiful power, it can be problematic. <laughs> it's it's a beaut. Guy, it's a beaut. I'll tell you what, this guy has one of the best two-handers in the game, can hit through basically any surface, but especially here in New York. He's hitting the ball incredibly well. A lot of confidence. Uh, there's little tension between these two, as we've seen on the worldwide interweb uh, a few different times. But, um, look, I think this is going to be a, ma a matter for Nick Kyrgios. It's how do you rebound after a huge win? We've seen him kind of stabilize, find his way through uh, average matches, for him average, and win. This is a new Nick Kyrgios. For me, it's going to be very interesting to see what we see from him tonight. Can he manage the situation in a match that he is – supposed to win, which is different than when you're not supposed to win. Different mindset. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a much different match. <laughs> you cut off for a second, Paul, but I, I totally agree in, in terms of, you know, how does he rebound from beating Medvedev and all of the energy and the excitement that was surrounding that match. Now he is you know, the player with the target on his back. He's the one with the bullseye. And Hatchinoff is solid enough to give Nick Kyrgios some problems um, tonight. But I do think the serve is going to be a big factor if Kyrgios has got that firing. He was also aggressive in return games. And I think he may get some opportunities, especially on second serves, to step in and try to dictate and take control. I think it's going to come down, you know, to those power plays. Um, but Hatchinoff certainly can pose some problems. I also think Nick, Nick Kyrgios, he's, he's a sports fan. He's a realist. There's a lot of talk about nobody believed in me and I'm proving the doubters wrong. But there's also you get him other times and he knows what's up. I mean, he knows that the guy that beat him in the last major in the final is not in the draw. He knows that Nadal is not in the draw. He knows as well as you do, Paul Anacone, that he has now become the betting favorite to win this. He knows he just took down the defending champion, the number one player in the world, and he gets an easier match. I think Nick Kyrgios... As a sports fan, he, he gets it, and he knows what's at stake here. He knows this is a big, big career-transforming opportunity in these next few days. Celebrities are watching it. He's got NBA yeah. players. He's got Jack Harlow tweeting at him as well and, and Instagramming for him, and, and he loves it. The Nick at night, and it might be under a roof because we've got some rain right now in New York City. TC Live at the U.S. Open presented by Evian. We'll be right back. TC Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. 
Welcome back. A reminder that Tennis Plays for Peace is an initiative to bring the tennis community and fans together to support relief efforts for the war in Ukraine through the Global Giving's Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund. To learn more, please go to globalgiving.org slash US Open. Steve Weissman back with you, and this year's U.S. Open could spark a major changing of the guard. For the first time since 2003, none of the big three or Serena Williams will be in the quarterfinals of a Grand Slam. That's more than 75 majors in a row. A reminder that the Davis Cup finals are right here on Tennis Channel. Tune in as 16 nations, including Team USA, face off in the group stage over six days. Our live coverage begins Tuesday, September 13th. Now time for the Bloomberg Business Report. Time now for a special update for Tennis Channel. Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson is warning that slowing company earnings are a bigger threat to stocks than inflation or a hawkish Federal Reserve. The strategist, known for his pessimistic outlook, sees the S&P 500 falling about 13% from current levels and even more if the U.S. enters a recession. Sports car maker Porsche still on track to become one of Europe's largest initial public offerings despite recent market volatility. Volkswagen, which currently owns Porsche, is planning to list a minority stake in about a month's time. As part of the deal, Porsche will stop transferring profits and losses to Volkswagen. UK Prime Minister Liz Truss has unveiled plans to freeze household energy bills and aid businesses with those costs. That's according to documents seen by Bloomberg. Truss was named as Britain's third female Prime Minister on Monday. She comes into office facing an energy crisis and record inflation in a time when the world is struggling. From New York, Kriti Gupta, Bloomberg News. Thank you very much. Still to come on the show, our Evian Americans in action feature some double stars. Plus, we celebrate the late Vic Braden and a back-to-back -back winning performance in the stands at the U.S. Open. Cheers to that. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Back on TC Live, our Cadillac player arrivals. There is Matteo Berrettini. Just a pound. Walking on site, looking to break a 10-match losing streak against top 10 players. Can he do it today against Casper Ruud? A reminder that our pregame show becomes a postgame show on Championship Weekend. TC Live to follow the women's final on Saturday and the men's final on Sunday. Well, speaking of champions, we flash back to last year and this fan Megan Lucky oh. <laughs> New Jersey put on the big screen and as you do she chugged a full beer well done well done Megan all right well she returned to the scene of her greatest triumph to relive her 15 seconds of fame there's Megan Lucky and uh, she did it down to the millisecond same chug speed, same clean performance. No improvement? The uh, speed? No, it was like 7.6 <laughs> seconds. Maybe not enough like training Significant the other. Uh, you see that? Significant other was the same guy year to year. But Cheering her on. Yesterday he got up. That, that's a real athlete right there. <laughs> Chanda, what do you think of that? Well, now the significant other is committed. That's why he got up. <laughs> but, you know, I, I was... 
was impressed. I was impressed with it. I mean, I have to say, I'm not a chugger. I'm a, I would do shots, but that may not fit the occasion. Uh, but I was pretty impressed. We saw it on the big, big screen while it was happening. She looked calm, collected. She knows her stuff. She's confident in her abilities. So, you know, we can take a little bit of that onto the tennis court. Chanda, <laughs> not a chugger is the takeaway from today's show. So, so Radakanu goes out. Kyrgios beats Medvedev. But we have one defending champion at the U.S. Open. You know, I think we've been fortunate to have a couple different versions of this chugging stuff, right? Doesn't memory serve me? There he is. There's the man right there. Oh, yeah. Dylan Alcott. How about this, gang? Just <laughs> fill the trophy up. That's a little cold level. brew. Well, that's not as <laughs> clean. His performance not as yeah, clean. Yeah, no, I give it that's a all six right. point. That's in the moment, that's okay. He's missing a lot of beer there, Paul. <laughs> and then it goes as a cap. That just, is how you do it for, right For there. the record, he, he did just win the Grand Slam. Yeah. So, so the, uh, Good, good get, victory celebration. Get there. to do whatever you want right there. That's impressive. That was good. Wow, that was that's good stuff. So where's the the John Wertheim keg stand? Do we have the video of of that? You guys want to roll that? <laughs> Wait, oh, you don't have that? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Instead of that, we we go into the social net and uh, Serena Williams. How was your weekend? This this was hers. <laughs> she must be exhausted. I tell you what, Chanda, you want your blanket back? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this look, this is therapy wrapped in Moana. My five-year-old would kill for that blanket. I need to know where she got it. I need one of those. <laughs> that, that's that's not us over the past nine days, but Serena, oh, Serena oh, got yeah. a rest. <laughs> not her either. Yeah. She needs We're to chill sleeping. out and relax. She gets <laughs> to relax a bit now. She earned that. Serena, you're so amazing. <laughs> what a great movie. <laughs> all right, still See, to come. We've got like a Hall of Famer joining us. Kim Kleisters, there she is. She's got a new role in the tennis world. She's one of the best humans on the planet. We're talking to Kim next. Welcome back to TC Live. A reminder, get the U.S. Open experience delivered to your door with the U.S. Open at-home suite filled with premium and exclusive merchandise like the official Encore towel, honeydews cups, and much more. Visit usopenshop.org today. Well, the U.S. Open was a very special place for Kim Clijsters. The three-time champ was inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame in 2017. Clijsters won four total singles majors, two more in doubles, getting to number one in the world in both. And we are so happy to welcome in the Hall of Famer, Kim Clijsters, to TC Live. Kim, it is always great to see you. You are in New York. You're at the Hall of Fame suite in New York for all the Hall of Fame, the International Tennis Hall of Fame. We'll get to your new role there shortly. But first, hey, we're down to the quarterfinals. So what has stood out most to you about the U.S. Open so far this year? Well, I think the biggest story for me was obviously Serena's last last U.S. Open. Um, I was able to see uh, to be there live for her first two matches. Um, I went um, I was in the hotel for the last one for her last match. But um, what an incredible moment that was right to see her you know, win and to play some of the best tennis that I've seen her play in a long time. So that was incredible. And in, in a way, I felt like, oh, too bad that she's retiring because she's playing so good and she still has so much passion out there on court. But I'm um, just excited to see, you know, whatever new chapter that she's taking on in life and her family. And um, yeah, just uh, that was by far my favorite moment so far. Kim, you played some remarkable matches against Serena, and you're somebody who's come back a couple times out of retirement. Serena sounded like she kind of left the door open a little bit. What, what are the chances that this is not farewell and we may see her again? Um, I, you never know. I mean, you never know. She, you know, might decide to play a couple of tournaments that she really loved playing at in the past or maybe do some doubles. You never know. Um, but um, I think it's as you get older, it's tougher, right? You have to really stay 
you know, into the practice schedule over and over again every day. Because if you take a few weeks off, it takes so much longer to get back to a level that you would like to get to. So I think that's if she decides to, you know, maybe play some more tournaments, that would, I think, be an important thing to keep doing. Because it's so hard if you take a little time away from it to, um, to, to get it back quickly. Kim, you were inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame five years ago, and now you were just named honorary president. What can you tell us about that role? Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, I have to say so many people have congratulated me ever since I got here to New York. One of the first messages was from Andy Roddick. Um, it was pretty funny because we played an exhibition match um, early on um, at, during the qualifying week. And um, I'm just going to say it nicely. He didn't play great in that <laughs> exhibition match. And he asked me if I now am able to kick him out of the Hall of Fame um, with my role. So uh, it was a pretty funny message that I got. Um, no, but I'm super excited to kind of take on this new kind of challenge for me in tennis, right? I've, I've always been around the sport and, and love playing still and had an academy in Belgium. But this is um, a new kind of role for me as well and excited to um, to take it on and see how I can help to bring, you know, even the, the European Hall of Famers together and, and just create a closer family there, help some of the juniors get aware of, you know, what, what the Hall of Fame means because... Um, when I started or when I got inducted and I got nominated, I told my family in overseas in Belgium and they were like, OK, congrats, you know, no big deal. Um, it is, you know, another award, right? Like because we don't grow up with the culture of being a Hall of Famer. And um, but then when I told my husband's family, who's American, they were super excited. It was like a huge deal. They couldn't wait to book their flights, you know, get their hotel room sorted. And so that experience for me to be there for those few days was was amazing to have something like that at the end of your um, career um, yeah it was amazing to see you know my pictures and and memorabilia up with you know my childhood heroes Steffi Graf Monica Sellers I mean it was absolutely incredible and and the Hall of Fame family has been so nice um, and it's an honor for me to be a part of it well, you're the perfect ambassador to kind of bring it all together and get more influence in Europe and other areas. And ho hopefully you keep Andy Roddick in the Hall of Fame. We like Andy. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, as, as a three-time U.S. Open champion, who do you think is going to win this thing on the men's and women's side? I don't want to jinx anything. I'm, I'm, but, you know, I'm going to stick to who I picked earlier on a few weeks ago already. And um, I... Um, Nick Kyrgios is the one who I picked, I think, his first t tournament back after after making uh, the final at Wimbledon. So he's on the men's side, the guy I'm picking. Um, I do have to say I love what um, what Francis did uh, last night um, and just seeing the emotions that come up. Those are That's what I love about tennis, right? Just seeing the emotions of all the first-timers who, you know, create, like, great, great results. Um, and Coco Goff, um, she's, you know, a young young lady who I've watched uh, for a few years now and just it's been so nice to see her develop into you know the player and the person that she has become today so far and is and is improving all the time and that's um that's great to see but there's so many good players still out there but Nick and and um and Coco are my favorite Nick and Coco those are great picks uh, I I picked Coco but pick, picking Nick a, a while ago uh, that's that's uh, that's very impressive Kim uh listen yeah, we, we were talking very impressive too. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were talking before we got on air uh, about your kids and they're starting school and I just want to take you back to when when Jada was going out on the court with you when you won and <laughs> I couldn't believe that she's now in high school what, what are your memories thinking right. back to that 
I mean, so many beautiful memories. She doesn't remember much of it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, coming back to a place where, you know, you have so many emotions and when Jada walked on court for the first time, I think this one is 2010, uh, the one in 09 was literally, I think six months after my father passed away. So it was, you know, every player has kind of personal things that, you know, that go on behind the scenes. And for me, that was a huge kind of moment. And it was such a roller coaster of, you know, positive and negative emotions and um and so for me to be able to hold that trophy and share it with brian and with you know with my daughter there was was funny and um my two youngest they came to watch uh, that exhibition match that i played with andy so they they kept saying my eight-year-old kept saying his name is jack and he kept saying to andy you're so cool you're so cool <laughs> so he kept saying it to andy he was he's mem mem mesmerized by andy and um so um yeah it was pretty funny how um he still talks about Andy Roddick, how cool he is. <laughs> Andy's a pretty cool guy. I got I to gotta agree with Jack <laughs> there. But uh, you're, you're fantastic as well, Kim. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Congratulations once again, honorary president at the International Tennis Hall of Fame, and hope to see you soon. Thank you, Steve. Kim Kleisters, Hall of Famer, joining us here on TC Live. Angeber getting ready to take the court later today against Isla Tomjanovic. Our experts tell you who will advance to the semifinals later on the show. TC Live, presented by Evian. Paul Chanda, John Steve, back on TC Live. Around the grounds, you see that tarp in the player fitness area. Because Mother Nature has brought the rain. Cadillac player arrival, there's Katie McNally. She's in the doubles, she's in the mixed doubles, playing with Taylor Townsend, playing with William Blumberg. And that's where we start, with Katie McNally and Taylor Townsend in a big-time matchup, looking to make the quarterfinals. Chanda, this was a great match. It really was, and Taylor Townsend there just carving the backhand volley. You know, she's so willing to coach and get involved, creates a lot of movement up there at the net, and it came down to the wire. Valley there, defending beautifully. They've just made such a good pairing uh, together, covering each other when they've needed to. Watch Townsend there closing. No hesitation. That set the tone for the second set. And this, again, just a lot of fun. Different shot making, that little forehand, just sliding it up the line. Up the line. And Townsend playing with a lot of confidence. Lost a tough one in singles earlier um, last week, but has continued her fine form in doubles. And this is the way back up the ranks. Nice to see them get an opportunity in the quarterfinals. Big fan of this team. McNally, Townsend. They get a straight set win. They are into the final eight. And then... Nick Kyrgios, he's got a big match today in singles. He's playing dubs, Paul, with Tanasi Kakanakis. But uh, this one was entertaining. It sure was. That's what it always is when Nick goes out on the court. You just wonder, was that the best thing to do to keep playing in dubs? Tanasi kept saying you can pull out if you want. He's had a lot of uh, long matches in singles. But look at the entertainment value. These guys were playing some great tennis. Kyrgios and Kokonakis winning that first set. And a lot of smiles, a couple of match points in the second set for Kokonakis and Curios. I said it twice without messing up. Did you notice? I did. Well done. That's better than You've early. been practicing. Yeah, it's very good. And then here in the match tiebreak, things got very close right there. Tanasi rips the forehand down the line. And uh, Nick Curios served, I believe, at 8 7, lost two points on his serve, which is almost against the law. And uh, they go down in a tough match tiebreak. That's my guy Lloyd Glasspool right there. Former yep. Texas Longhorn getting the victory. 
Uh, some other doubles results from day eight. How about Desi Kravchak teaming up with Demi Schurz? She is into the quarterfinals in women's doubles. Caroline Dullahide, also another American, getting a win with Storm Sanders. And then you see Katie McNally and Taylor Townsend, the aforementioned highlight. Time now for Americans in Action, presented by Evian. John, this is all you because we're starting with your boy, Rajiv Ram, fellow Indiana native, Joe Salisbury. They are the defending champs. They are the top seeds. And uh, they got a big match. Yeah, I thought you were going to say uh, because mi middle-aged man, uh, Rajiv Ram, 38 years old. But this is uh, this is the best in the business. They have won 13 of the last 14 matches at the U.S. Open. They're the defending champs. They won in Cincinnati. I do wonder, just going back to Nick Curious real quick, that is a lot of not just time on court, but emotional energy to go 7-6 in the third in a doubles match the day before one of the biggest singles matches of your career. That's how Nick rolls. But, no, Rajiv Ram and, uh, and Salisbury, that is the team to beat. They have really ascended here this summer. Haven't dropped a set yet in the doubles. They're doing really well. And then mixed doubles is really exciting this year, Chanda. Uh, we've got this team of Jack Sock and Layla Fernandez. Layla put it out on an Instagram live, I believe. She was asked, who's your dream partner? Said either Jack or Carlos or FAA. And look, she's got Jack Sock, and uh, here they are. I mean, look, Jack Sock and anybody, isn't that what we've been saying? Yep. It's a terrific team. And, and Layla Fernandez with her ability to slap the lefty forehand around. She's got a nice quick service motion. She's willing to come in. I mean, it's a fun team to watch. And with Sock willing to poach and get involved, I think they brought a lot of positive energy. They've gotten the crowd, the fans behind them. So it should be an interesting doubles match against, you know, talented lefty uh, in Storm Sanders um, as well. So we'll see kind of what comes to bear. It's usually about the guy how much he moves, how much he gets involved. But uh, this should be a fun one, another crowd favorite. Another big mixed doubles match coming up. We talk about Katie McNally. She's in the mixed with William Blumberg, former Tar, former Tar Heel Paul. And uh, this team is doing quite well. Blumberg actually won a couple of doubles titles earlier this summer, Los Cabos and Newport, and together with Katie McNally, winning duo. Yeah, I'll tell you what, William Blumberg is a great doubles player. We've talked about Katie's doubles prowess for quite some time. They make a terrific team, know all the different nuances out on the court. Uh, one of the things can be very interesting is when really good doubles players play singles players, it's a different kind of mentality. And when you play someone like Ostapenko that isn't going to have all the subtle nuances of a doubles player but just crushes the ball, you wonder what the two doubles experts are going to do on the other side of the net. So that's going to be a lot of fun. All right, can't wait for that. Uh, great to see Katie McNally crushing it in both uh, regular doubles and mixed doubles. And our girl, Tay-Tay, going from Tennis Channel all the way back to the top of the tennis world. Much more still to get to here on TC Live. We will honor one of the sport's most creative and innovative coaches of all time. Back all the singles matches on Arthur Ashe today. Casper Ruud still with a shot to reach world number one. Al Jabir could become the first African woman to reach a U.S. Open semifinal in the Open era. And how about that night session? Coco Goff taking on Caroline Garcia. And then Nick at night, Nick Kyrgios as well. We've got a great tennis story for you right now on one of the more unique Hall of Famers who has ever been inducted into Newport. My feeling is this. The joy in tennis should come from striving working hard to improve your strokes and having fun at the game. In 2017, Vic Braden was posthumously inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame. 
a jovial figure who was larger than life. Vic captured the hearts of Americans and tennis lovers through his informative, yet also humorous tennis instructional videos that ran through the 80s. Keep your shots deep and make room for more trophies. This is during the time when a great many people of all ages, shapes, and sizes are picking up tennis. And Vic is the one helping them try to do that. But Vic was so much more than an on-camera tennis teacher. He was influential in the growth, impact, and study of tennis. He created this whole incredible tennis college with hitting lanes, video cameras, and seminars. And it sounded just like welcome to tennis in the future. He was doing it before anyone else was doing it. And that's why I think people kind of raise their eyebrows what most don't realize is that Vic was also a historian and professional archivist, documenting anything and everything wherever he went. Even dating back to the 1950s when Vic traveled with his close friend and father of the pro game, Jack Kramer. I'm sure our fans would appreciate some tips that you might have on volleying. Swell, Bob, let's go. Vic got into the pro game in his 20s, working with Jack Kramer and helping make the tour happened. So it really, he got this kind of crash course in high-level pro tennis. You're watching the best eight or ten players in the world play each other night after night. It becomes this exponential growth of knowledge. It's just incredible. Throughout Vic's career, he collected thousands of 16-millimeter reels, thousands of beta tapes, and a photography collection in excess of 40,000 slides. With the help of Vic's widow, Melody Braden, Tennis Channel is working on bringing this archive to life. Digging through the archive has uncovered a treasure trove of some of the game's most important moments. Unseen footage of the early Barnstormers, Lou Hode, Pancho Gonzalez, Rod Laver. There is no quitting for Rod Laver. Vic's star pupil, Tracy Austin, learning the game of tennis. A young Andre Agassi walking to Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas. Billie Jean King and Arthur Ashe imparting the techniques that led them to become champions. Sorry, on the forward swing and really reach out. In the years to come, Tennis Channel will look forward to cataloging and putting Vic's library to use in original content and documentaries. Vic's archive is a tremendous treasure, tremendous asset. Vic Braden entertained us with his unique and analytic approach. And now with the help of his archive, Tennis Channel looks to carry on Vic's legacy for decades to come. That was his whole object, is to teach people how to learn, have fun with the game, and laugh and win. Beginners or intermediates who lose often go crazy, but I say laugh and hit. Chances are you'll have more fun, and you're going to win a lot more often. Laugh and hit. Good stuff there. Vic Braden, Hall of Famer, and coached our own Tracy Austin from when she was two to seven. First coach for Tracy. You know, we, we, we all had, had good yucks, and we saw a lot of, lot of V-necks and a lot of chest hair and a lot of horn room glasses. <laughs> this guy was really ahead of his time, though. I mean, you talk about video and you talk about analytics. He's doing that in the 60s and 70s. So we sort of had, had fun at the uh, playing time traveler there, but this was someone who was really ahead of his time, Vic Braden was. 
Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I had the good fortune of meeting Vic a couple of times, but you, you talk about the analytics. Here's a guy right here that would be in his heyday loving what they're doing today with all the technology. Look at all the gadgets. Look at everything that we see with the stuff that he did. Not only did he bring passion and happiness, he brought stuff that's analogous. You see him throwing a ball there to try to teach people how to serve. He was very, very creative uh, and very uh, innovative, but most of all, he went through everything. You see his demeanor was open always happy, love the game, and try to have uh, a lot of fun telling people about it. So um, really, one of the forefathers of, I think, analytical aspects of tennis, and our own Joel Drucker talked about so much of it, and uh, Joel knows a lot of history about not only what's going on with Vic, but the game in general. I love seeing, though, the people standing around him almost spellbound by what he was doing, what he was demonstrating. He brought so many people into the game and made it fun. All of the laughter and the good times, I mean, that in so many cases is what tennis is about, certainly as you're growing up and as you are creating this love for the sport. So I enjoyed seeing all of all of those parts of it. Yeah, really cool. He had his own PBS series called Tennis for the future and in the future we are of course archiving all of his content digitizing it and we'll be rolling it out here on tennis channel in the months and years to come what a legend Vic Braden still to come here on TC live for Kosh worldwide going one on one with Mari Osaka another no limit NYC episode of terrific tomfoolery you don't want to miss. Back on TC Live, presented by Evian, the Tennis Channel Podcast Network has all of your favorite shows in one place, including the new season of Think About It with Victoria Azarenka. Go to tennis.com slash podcast to listen or download from your preferred podcast provider. Here are some of the many podcasts you can see. You can see TC Live or listen to it because it's in podcast form. John Wertheim, the guest with Money Mitch on this week's episode of Inside In, talking about Serena's send-off this past week. Well, perhaps the most fitting part of Serena Williams saying farewell at this year's U.S. Open, seeing two young black players who she inspired make the quarterfinals. Without Serena, there's no Coco or Big Foe. Today, Ted Robinson sits down for our Tennis Honors Series. If I had one word to describe Serena, it would be presence. She absolutely had the greatest presence I have ever seen on a tennis court. Whether it was her strength and her physique or her, yes, her intimidation, the loud shrieks in crucial moments, and of course the power, the power of her game. You knew Serena was on the court, but Serena to me, that was it. And as she fades away in her career, I think that's what people are realizing, that that will be missed, that every time she walked on a tennis court, you knew this was the greatest. Well said, Ted. We will be celebrating Serena all tournament long with our Tennis Honors Series. And straight ahead, we've got the top highlights and reaction from yesterday. Plus, we'll get you ready for the quarterfinals today. That's right, we've reached the final eight. Shanda Paul, John, Steve, back on TC Live at the U.S. Open, presented by Evian. A reminder that the newly enhanced USOpenShop.org is the official shop for 2022 U.S. Open merchandise. 
Get U.S. Open gear for the entire family and check out a variety of one-of-a-kind U.S. Open accessories. Visit usopenshop.org today. Let's start with the match everyone is still talking about. American Francis Tiafo taking on four-time U.S. Open champ Rafa Nadal. Paul Tiafo had never taken a set off Nadal, and Rafa hadn't lost a Grand Slam match all year. Well, things were going to change early. It was offensive power from Francis Tiafo. Look, we know he has incredible talent, and he has incredible weapons, but we've always seen a little bit of a hiccup now and again. At the end of the second set, we saw a hiccup, a couple of double faults, a couple of balls. One ball he let go that was in, but so impressive for Tiafo after he did after he lost that second, went nowhere. That shot gave him momentum back again in the third set and kept that offensive mindset, kept the power going. Look at that shot. How often do you see Rafa Nadal basically caught flat-footed? In the third set, we thought Rafa was going to put on those clamps of pressure with strategy and with emotional intensity, and he did that. Look at this point, guys. How many great gets. I thought the building was going to fall down, and I thought that was going to catapult Nadal into a big victory. Look at the scoreline right here, gang. 3-1 in the third for Rafa Nadal. You figure he's in good shape? Not so much. Break a serve by Francis Tiafo, and he goes on a straight a streak that was incredible. From 3-1 in the fourth set, five straight games to win that match. Amazing stuff from Francis Tiafo into his first U.S. Open quarterfinal. The biggest win for an American since James Blake beat Rafa back in 2005. It was definitely one hell of a performance. I played played really well today. Um, yeah, I guess I mean, I just came out there and I just believed I can do it. Um, it helps that I played him a couple times. I haven't played him in some years. and um, I was different. I'm a different person now, a different player, and I went out there trying to get a dub, and that's what I did. He got that dub. Listen, Chanda, his parents were there. His brother was there. The, the whole family cheering him on. So Francis says now he believes he can beat anyone in the world. He can take this title. Do you believe he can do it? I think he definitely can. I think the biggest thing was for Francis to see that he could get through a guy that he has struggled with in the past. And you look at Nadal, an all-time great they, this type of player is a star creator. And this is how young players test themselves, test their beliefs, and, you know, raise the level of their play. And I think Francis was able to do that in the big moments. He's got a matchup against Rublev that is maybe a little more comfortable, although Rublev is playing some terrific tennis. You can't look past anybody. But it's really one match at a time at this stage. And when you look at the rest of the field left in the draw, why not? I mean, wouldn't it be incredible? I mean, I think the roof actually would blow off. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's got that bracelet, Chanda, that says, why not me? And that's what we're saying. Why not Francis? Paul, uh, sometimes we talk about the forehand may break down in the big moments. In this match, it looked like it actually got better at the end of the match. Well, it was amazing just to watch the weight of shot from Francis Tiafo and, and the court positioning, his ability to dominate and to stay close to the baseline. He was the one that was dictating play most of the match. Usually Rafa can switch things around and he'll find ways to create offense. He'll find ways to create discomfort. And, and Francis did not buckle at all. One of the interesting things to me was Francis only served 50% first serve.
serves. So you think Rafa's going to find a way to put more pressure on the second serve. But Francis won 60% of his second serve points. That's, that's to me, uh, unheard of. That tells you something about the ability from Tiafo to play from neutral and to do it over three to five sets against Rafa in that venue. That is a coming of age for Francis Tiafo. I also like what Francis said, that he, he's in this to win this tournament, and this was the match of his career. He knows that, but he also knows that now he's got to back it up, and there are only eight other, only seven other players remaining. I think Wayne Ferreira will help with that. Wayne Ferreira is a guy who's had big wins at majors and knows that you still got another match to play. Rublev next, as Chanda says, but you know who Francis beat last year in the U.S. Open? Maybe one of his best wins before beating Nadal? Rublev, so that's some confidence he can take with him. Also, note the celebration. No, no silencer, no you know flexing the guns. Yeah, it was right. just overcome with emotion. Yeah. All right, expected to be here. Now on to the quarterfinals. Who will Francis play in the quarterfinals? Well, he'll take on the winner of Andre Rublev and Cam Nori. John Rublev going for his fourth top ten win at the U.S. Open. He dominated. Strange one, John, huh? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it was a pick a match seven seed versus a nine seed, but Nori has been a tough out, and he just didn't really have it yesterday. Very solid from Rublev. We'll see some nice shot making here. Look at that. That's forehand, but he broke Nori four times. This was going on simultaneous with Nadal, so maybe a little less energy than Nori would have liked, but this, this was not his best day at the office, and Rublev was just... So solid. We see Nori coming in. Rublev breaks of serve in each set, four overall. And he wasn't necessarily spe spectacular, but he did what he needed to do. This is a guy, Nori, who's been a really tough out. That's a good win for Rublev. Likes playing in New York. Third quarterfinal at the U.S. Open. Fifth Grand Slam quarterfinal overall. Late night on Louis Armstrong. Chanda Yannick Sinner, Ilya Ivashka put on a five-set thriller. Yeah, initially it was Sinner who kind of ran away with the first set. Nice variety. They had the power from the ground, but Ivashka would not go away and struck back. But this was a nice move from Sinner. Fantastic drop ball. He won the majority of those points. He was moving forward, and that helped just get him over the line in some critical moments in this match. But down the stretch, Ivashka, again, he's showing some real belief and confidence. He's been getting more wins. Of, of late, and he needed every bit of it against center. But the movement there, the court coverage, and I think for center, just was a little cleaner. He hit the ball a little bigger. There were a lot of breaks of serve over the course of this match, but it was center who held when he needed to. Got the break down the stretch in the fifth and just outlast Ivashka. This was a battle back and forth, but center gets through in five. Joins Matteo Berrettini as the only Italians to reach the quarterfinals at all four majors. Youngest on tour since Novak Djokovic. Well, the last match on Ash Paul went past 2 a.m. We had Marin Cilic, the last U.S. Open champ remaining, and the teenager Carlos Alcaraz. Just watch this point, folks. <laughs> this sums everything up. The defense from Alcaraz, and then blink of an eye, he's on offense. And then the veteran comes up with a great pass. You think the point's over? Look at that. This kid can play from every area on the court. Look at the smile on his face. Just loves to be in the environment. Played a good first set to win 6-4. But Marin Cilic, being the veteran that he is, didn't go anywhere. Some terrific serving for periods for Cilic. But that's not enough. Three out of five sets against Alcaraz. They battled on into the fifth. And it was Cilic who got uh, the early break. But look right here. How about the wheels? And that's where the roof 
started to fracture a little bit at the top of the stadium after all the yelling from Nadal and Foe, and then that eruption, and all of a sudden, Alcaraz on a roll, and he closes it out. Look at the clock, folks. Ooh, that's Look how many people are that's there at 223. Bed time. That's past his bedtime. Holiday <laughs> weekend. Come on. Holiday weekend. 2.23 a.m. Wow. Fourth latest finish in tournament history. So we've got our final eight, and a first-time champ at the U.S. Open is guaranteed. No big three, no big deal. Some great matchups going down at the U.S. Open. It all starts today. Coming up next on TC Live, the women finish up the fourth round. So would we get two more Americans in the quarterfinals? Find out next. Annika and Rubin, Wertheim Weissman, back on TC Live at the U.S. Open, presented by Avion. Our coverage begins every morning with this two-hour pregame show. 9 a.m. Eastern, ESPN carries the day session at noon Eastern and the night session at 7 p.m. Eastern. Women playing for spots in the final eight yesterday. Top-ranked American Jesse Pagula looking to get some revenge against Petra Kvitova from two years ago at the U.S. Open. Chanda, some rain delays early on in this one. Yeah, but uh, Jessie Pagula has been playing so clean. She's confident. She doesn't get phased when the match gets tight and situations are at hand. A bit of a up the break here in the second set. But the wheels, the movement from Pagula, again, so many areas of her game have just elevated. She would reel off consecutive games to get the lead back in the second set. And her play from the ground, especially the ability to change direction. That came into play. She was a little bit better behind serve and really took Kvitova out of her service games. Tremendous returning. That allowed Kukula to maintain the lead and get this done in two sets. Another delayed Essa bagel to finish. Pagula, third major quarterfinal this year. She's balling. World number one, Iga Sviantek. She has been cruising thus far, while Yula Niemeyer, uh, she'd never won a tour-level hardcourt match entering the Open, Paul. This first set was a shocker. Oh, this was so impressive for Niemeyer to play this offensive. It really knocks Fiontek off the rails. She couldn't hit a ball in the ocean the first set. But great players find ways back in. Beginning of the second set was huge. It's very important for Niemeyer to get out in front and keep the pressure on. But being Iga Fiontek, being the great player that she is, finds her way back into that second set and wins it. And then after that, things got back to the normal Iga Spiontek. Look, I'm so impressed with her ability to go from average play to good play in a match like this. In a situation where she was very uncomfortable for almost a set and a half, she stayed calm, she solved the problems, and then she did what she always does, which is hit big forehands and end up victorious. More carb-loading, 19th bagel of the year for Iga Sviantek. Yazda, first U.S. Open quarterfinal. Ninth meeting between former world number ones, Karolina Pliskova, Victoria Azarenka. John, they had split the previous eight. A lot of symmetry here, apart from a uh, four-and-four record against each other. Two players been to the finals here, both north of age 30, both been to major finals in the last two years. Big opportunity for both of them. It was Pliskova early with just those flat, typically check flat strokes from the baseline serve for Well Vika. Not happy about that, but Vika did a nice job fighting back. Again, these two know each other well. This is meeting them. Number nine, Steve, as you say, and this was a real battle going on. Vika trying to psych herself up. She had played really well in week one, trying to get to her fourth U.S. Open final. 
wins the second set. And then we've seen this a lot, haven't we? Sort of anecdotally, player A wins the, uh, the second to last set, and then player B gets the momentum back. And we have another example of that as Pliskova came storming back in the third and ended up closing this out fairly handily on a fifth match point in two fifth U.S. Open quarterfinal. And fifth quarterfinal since 2016. She's been playing really well. Uh, would face either Danielle Collins or Arena Sabalenka. Chanda, this was all Danimal for about a set and a half. Yeah, this was a battle. That first set was really important. Danielle Collins able to get that under her belt. Steve, I was just there for the stairs, the fist pumps, and the come-ons. And this match had all of the intensity that you could want and handle. But this time in the second set, around that 3-2, 3-all point, this was where Sabalink could really turn the tide. She stayed firm. She stayed with it. She had a lot of winners. It's been Collins all tournament with the winners, 34 in this match. But Sabalink would have 38 winners, just 28 on four stairs. It was a very clean performance down the stretch from her. She looked solid. The double fault, she kept that down. Actually had fewer than her opponent. And in the end, this was a hard-fought, tough win for Arena Sabalinka. She's been broken 13 times in the tournament, but broken her opponent 23. Sabalenka survives to reach the final eight. And here we have it, our quarterfinals on the women's side. Sviantek Pagula, both into their third major quarterfinal this year. If Jesse makes the semis, she'll be playing the same night as the Buffalo Bills opener against the Rams. But she's cool with that because, you know, it's a U.S. Open semifinal for her. Uh, let's break down the two quarterfinals we have today, starting with Coco Goff and Caroline Garcia. Chanda, uh, Coco leads the head-to-head, -head, including a win earlier this year. But that was before Garcia won like 3,000 matches in a row. What, what do you expect to see? 3,000 matches, three tournaments, different surfaces. <laughs> She's been balling, as you would like to say, Steve. Uh, it's been impressive to watch Carolyn Garcia and to continue that on one of the biggest stages. That's always been the question. Can she handle the pressure, Garcia? Can she close and get it done? And she's been doing it. I think this will be a very different matchup um, than it has been previously for Coco Golf. But golf has been so impressive. You know, the tennis has been phenomenal, but it's really the mindset, the mental toughness, her willingness to go after every point. Golf is using the crowd to her advantage. She's not buckling under the weight of that. And all of that, I think, makes, I think, golf primed for maybe taking this moment. But it's going to be a tough one. I think, you know, Garcia is going to have some chances. But I think golf, her movement and that mental fortitude, that may get her over the finish line. Garcia had a big doubles match yesterday. Coco, remember, a number one ranked player in the world in doubles heading into this event, but she lost early in doubles. I think this is a real opportunity for Coco. She's playing a player. She won 30 matches Garcia has since June 1st. So she's got an opponent who's coming in with some momentum. A bit of a pick-up match, but I, I think Coco ought to be okay here. And I think the fact that she's playing a quality opponent, I think, actually helps her. This is not going to be you – know, she, she's not playing the number one player in the world, but she's also not playing a match the day after Labor Day she's expected to win. I think Coco's got a real chance here to get to the semis. Yeah, and one of the things you look at here in the final eight of a major is who's going to manage the pressure the best. And for Coco Golf, we've seen her do such a good job with it. And I always look at the styles of play. The more the pressure – 
is on, uh, the smaller the targets get. And then when you play someone that defends incredibly well, like Coco Goff, Garcia's confidence, which is through the roof right now, has to stay there because it can be very difficult to just hit Coco off the court. I think Coco's handled the situation so well in New York. Uh, the bonus for Garcia is her strength, which is hitting the ball flat and offensive. If she can get to the golf forehand, she can create some opportunity. But Coco's been so good at finding ways around adversity throughout this tournament. Give a slight edge to Coco Golf. She would be the youngest American woman to reach the semifinals at the U.S. Open since Serena Williams back in 1999. All coming full circle. On the men's side, Nick Kyrgios is now your betting favorite to win the tournament. He's taking on Corinne Hatchinoff, Paul. Our Wilson beautiful power brought to you by the all-new Ultra V4. How could that beautiful power of the Russian cause some problems for Nick well, Kyrgios? I'll tell you what, for Hatchinoff with his Wilson racket and his beautiful power, it can be problematic. <laughs> it's, it's, a beaut. Guy, it's a beaut. I'll tell you what, this guy has one of the best two-handers in the game, can hit through basically any surface, but especially here in New York. He's hitting the ball incredibly well. A lot of confidence. Uh, there's little tension between these two, as we've seen on the worldwide interweb uh, a few different yeah. times. But, um, look, I think this is going to be a, ma a matter for Nick Kyrgios. It's how do you rebound after a huge win? We've seen him kind of stabilize, find his way through uh, – average matches for him average and win this is a new Nick Kyrgios for me it's going to be very interesting to see what we see from him tonight can he manage the situation in a match that he is supposed to win which is different than when you're not supposed to win different mindset anyone anyone Bueller? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a much different match. I, I think <laughs> <laughs> you cut off for a second, Paul, but I, I totally agree in, in terms of, you know, how does he rebound from beating Medvedev and all of the energy and the excitement that was surrounding that match. Now he is, you know, the player with the target on his back. He's the one with the bullseye, and Hatchinoff is solid enough to give Nick Kyrgios some problems um, tonight, but I do think the serve is going to be a big factor if Kyrgios has got that firing. He was also aggressive in return games, and I think he may get some opportunities, especially on second serves, to step in and try to dictate and take control. I think it's going to come down, you know, to those power plays, um, but Hatchinoff certainly can pose some problems. I also think Nick, Nick Kyrgios, he's, he's a sports fan, he's a realist, there's a lot of talk about nobody believed in me and I'm proving the doubters wrong, but there's also so you get him other times, and he knows what's up. I mean, he knows that the guy that beat him in the last major in the final is not in the draw. He knows that Nadal is not in the draw. He knows as well as you do, Paul Anacone, that he has now become the betting favorite to win this. He knows he just took down the defending champion, the number one player in the world, and he gets an easier match. I think Nick Kyrgios, as a sports fan, he, he gets it, and he knows what's at stake here. He knows this is a big, big career-transforming opportunity in these next few days. Celebrities are watching it. He's got NBA yeah. players. He's got Jack Harlow tweeting at him as well and, and Instagramming for him, and, and he loves it. The Nick at night, and it might be under a roof because we've got some rain right now in New York City. TC Live at the U.S. Open presented by Evian. We'll be right back. Back on TC Live, who's that under the hoodie and the cap? It's Isla Tomjanovic coming into a rainy U.S. Open. Looking to get her first win against Angebert. Looking to make her first Grand Slam semifinal. She took out Serena Williams. Backed it up as well. On Tennis.com right now, all the Serena content you could ever want. Steve Tigner does a great job every day with your three to see on the grounds of the U.S. Open. 
and Stephanie Livide recapping Francis Tiafo's massive win. Well, it is now time for our daily dose of your boy, Prakash Worldwide. Welcome, everyone. Another episode of No Limit NYC featuring your boy Prakash Worldwide taking you guys with me on another premier event leading up to the U.S. Open. Now this one, a chill event in a chill location. Racket House Rockefeller Center is where we at on the rooftop right here, Radio City Music Hall, courtesy of our friends at Racket Mag and Yonex. Mari, this is kind of the perfect location, I feel, to celebrate you and your artwork tonight. It's, it's, it's low-key, it's very classy, and everyone's excited to be here. How are you feeling? I'm very excited. Like, this is an amazing place, so, like, just being here, I'm super excited. My name is Prakash Amitraj. It's an absolute honor to be here for Racket Mag and for Yonex as we are celebrating the launch of the Osaka E-Zone and we will be speaking with a very special artist today in Miss Mario Saka. And we have a ton of very special champions in the building. Just the fact that like even today at Kids Day, like we were passing out, um, I was passing out the rackets and then they were like, oh, cool, cool dragon racket, you know, like just that feeling. But just the mindset of learning, I think is just is so extremely important that you, you never really think that you're done, you know? Playing some golf, maybe if I can, but it uh, does take a lot of time uh, during the day, so it's mostly tennis, relax, trying to find good restaurants to have good meals, and uh, yeah, like I said, I, I, I caught the, the Harry Styles show yesterday, it was, was uh, really fun. With a room full of people who have been able to beat Novak and Rafa and win a Grand Slam, and it's just, it's just a picture of Stan, a stand, another Vavrinka, another stand, and another stand, and another stand. No one else has been able to do it. What's the, what's the off time been like? Little tennis, little NFTs? A little bit, sometimes. I see a little movie production too. Yes, in France. You're getting into a lot of it? Yes. Okay, so then after, after, you pick, after you pick up another Grand Slam or two, it's into the movies. Yes, I will try. I love that. You know, I got a little stuff going in the movies, too. The movies, we, we, huh? should, we should definitely talk about Whenever that. Whenever you want, but you're more Hollywood style. So. Nah, I'm a little, I'm but listen, we can do a little collaboration. What a little. You do, you, do you like to wear this Francis is compared to the young Francis from maybe five years ago? No, absolutely. Um, I'm sharing a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm getting closer and closer to my prime, so, you know, hopefully I can just keep going, keep putting the head down, and just uh, try to get the best out of myself. Absolute pressure. Absolute pleasure. Thank it. you, brother. Enjoy. That's a wrap on the evening. We had a little art, a little culture, a little excellence. Racket Mag, Racket House, Rockefeller Center, along with Yonex. Had some champions in the building. So good to see Stan back in the building. And a, a little funk and a little flavor. Stretch Armstrong on the music. Was this Sade just playing? I think they call him my name. I, I'm definitely drinking too much this week. No Limit NYC, Picasso Worldwide. We out. I thought for sure he was going to go Megan Lucky and just chug that right there. No? Shoulda. <laughs> Coulda, shoulda, Download the U.S. Open app to follow your favorite players, track the latest scores, stats, match highlights, player news, and more. It is available in the App Store and the Google Play Store. When we come back, your guaranteed locks of the day. Chanda is ready to go. Go. 
TC Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Cadillac. Be iconic. Speaking of icons, people, stars in the stands, who's out there? John, oh, it's Cousin Greg. Cousin Greg is your show. <laughs> so it is to be said, if it so be, that I will be it. Oh, that's great. We've had a lot of succession cast in the, uh, in the stands to watch. Good to see Cousin Greg could make it. It's totally going to be put on Dumois as a sighting of celebrities. And uh, how about All Rise, Aaron Judge. Oh. How many? 54 homers he's hit? That was earlier in the day. That's a, that's a nice nice New York day. You hit your 54th home run uh, in early in the afternoon, and then you, you make it out to watch some tennis. That's New good, York for good you. Stuff. Chanda, who was, who was the coolest uh, celeb to watch you play? I can't even remember, Steve. That was like three decades Come ago. Come on, it was like last year. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I can't recall. It's not about me. It's not about it's me. It's all about you, Chanda. It's all about Chanda yeah, Rubin. It is all about you. That's why you're on the screen, 17 feet tall, and uh, we're just here. All right, John, stat of the day. I heard the music. Uh, this is a stat that I think everyone pretty much knows, but just sort of lay this out here. Um, this is just – so we're going to end 2020. We have our last major – None of these four are left in the draw. So here's where we are. The year is 2022, and in succession, succession being a theme of the segment, we have Serena Williams, 23 majors, Nadal, 22, Djokovic, 21, Federer, 20. We, we knew all this, but just seeing it laid out like that to me, I mean, that's, that is what? 86 majors among four players. Pretty good. And uh, I don't know if we will ever see a graphic like that again in our lifetime for active players. I would say no. No. Really? Right. No. no. I mean, that's what they said when Pete retired. Yeah, but to see, th- look, to look see four I mean, dominant, the... I mean, that, that you know, Pete was yeah. one guy that had 14, which mm-hmm. is amazing, but to see four players at this level for this long, I mean, there are just certain times in history where you just shake your head and go, thank you, and that's that <laughs> picture right there. First time in 19 years, none of those four to make a Grand Slam quarterfinal, same event. Pretty, pretty wild dominant. Two decades of dominance. Uh, prediction time, Paul. Who's your, who's your guarantee today? Well, yesterday Nick Curio said he was kind of tired of people not believing in him. I believe in him. Mm. And I'm going with Nick Curios again. I think he's found his happy place. And the thing that I like most about what I'm seeing from Nick is even though he's getting a little bit angry once in a while and he's losing his cool, he's finding ways through these moments. We've seen him do that this summer basically since Wimbledon. So a, a Nick Kyrgios that finds a way to win an average tennis, look out, folks. Nick, Nick Kyrgios and guaranteed lock in the same sentence. Uh, that's a new one as Paul tries to move to 500. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Jada. But, no, he's, by the way, he's won three in a row. So he's, he's got, he's got a good streak. winning streak here. Paul, that is. Uh, Paul, Ch- that is. Right. Ch- Chanda, you and Jeannie uh, still leading the way. You, you, you picked a winner yesterday. <laughs> I mean, Who are you picking today? I barely picked a winner, Steve. I was worried for a minute, uh, even Shviantek, of course. But um, I'm going to ride Jeannie's coattails. I'm going to try to do her do her justice again. <laughs> um, I wanted to go with Coco Golf. I think she's going to win that one. But I think it's going to be a little tougher. So, guaranteed, I feel like Shaber to mm. go with her. I think she's Ooh, playing well wow. enough. I think this is a comfortable enough matchup. She okay. got to the final of Wimbledon not too long ago. I think she's ready to do it again here. And I think the matchups, the styles of play, I think that will suit Shaber, the 
fact that she can change it up, mix it up, throw in, um, you know, some of those off-pace balls. So I'm going to go on Jabir today. Going on Jabir. You can see Alms right now walking on. Just always smile. The minister of happiness, of course, she has a smile on her face. John, uh, what's your guarantee? Oh, man, I'm, I'm going uh, I'm going anti Ru. I'm going other side of the Isla, as it were. Oh, well done. You did there. Tana, I like the opponent. We, we don't prepare this. We are not scripted. Um, <laughs> I like Isla Tamjanovic. I, you know, she, she beat Serena Williams. Career win for her. And for her to come back and win her subsequent match, I think, was almost as important. I think she hits through this court. I think she hits through this opponent. I think an indoor match favors her. I like Isla to uh, score what, in paper anyway, is an upset. Paul, you are going to be the deciding like vote it, here. John. Come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you going to go with, Team Team Rubin or Team Wertheim, Annika? Yeah, uh, I got to go with... Uh, I got. I got to go with Ange Jabeur. <laughs> oh, Pablo! <laughs> I like variety, the dramatic pause there. We'll you know, be back var- tomorrow. <laughs> variety, breaking the rhythm. You know, you know how that works, right, Chan? To break a little rhythm, throw some junk the other way to get the opponent out of out of the rhythm. That's the deal, breaking the rhythm. I respect both of my peers immensely, but I just had to go one way or the other. We'll have an answer tomorrow. Since Chan didn't go, Coco, I'm going to put the lock in for Coco today, making 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 the semifinals. Yeah. Right? Good call. I like that call. 2-0 two, two and o head-to-head. 2-0 and o head-to-head. I left that for you. I, I left that for you. You, you. you put it on the tee. Join I was in. like, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to knock that out. <laughs> and tomorrow, we'll see what the record stands, right? Exactly. I'm All right. Hot streak, guys. Look out. <laughs> trying to get to four straight. Paul Anacone just rolling, just like, like you did back in the day. Well, for Chanda Rubin, John Wertheim, Paul Anacone, I'm Steve Weissman. Thank you so much for joining us, as always, on TC Live. Getting excited to go for the quarterfinals. You can catch us every morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. Next up, the premiere of Academy Live featuring the Everett Academy in Florida. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Stay dry.